from a sin with it, cause this house of mine stands strong. That's the price you pay. It's always soccer in Philadelphia with my favorite band, Imagine Dragons. This is the best part coming up right here. Kevin Kincaid, Dave Zeitlin. It's a good song. Matt DeGeorge. They brought in the natural. Baxter is here as well. Hang on, let's listen to a little more of this. Oh. He's making bo- the whole podcast. All right, that's enough of that. Some uh, people say he's like a young Kurt Cobain. Great song. I don't know about you, but for my money, it doesn't get <laughs> any better than when Imagine Dragons does whatever yeah. that song just was right there. Yeah, the, 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 the Union really are the Imagine Dragons of the Eastern <laughs> Conference. There we go. That's how we run <laughs> that in. <laughs> I think that one belongs on the the podcast that Giglio and Spike and Jack are doing right now, The Art of the Take. Giglio Wijnaldum? Giglio, Joe Giglio Wijnaldum. Oh. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the Always Soccer in Philadelphia program. Uh, again, Baxter is here. I'm here. We Dave, have to doesn't like, Dave doesn't like when I announce Baxter before. Uh, <laughs> no, he's the star of the podcast. Before I announce who the human guests are. He, he just refuses to come over. He's just looking out the window. But uh, Dave's here. Uh, Matt DeGeorge is here again. Thanks for coming back to Fishtown. Yeah, thanks Absolutely. Coming. Thanks it's for always, having me. It's always a pleasure. We would, uh, I would describe you as a friend of the program. Uh, somebody who's who's been on the program multiple the times pod. now, a friend of the podcast. I think this is your like fifth fifth appearance. I think so. Right? We'd yeah. have to go into the archives, but yeah. yeah, we don't have archives. Again, I don't you know really know what. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to dig through the archives, wherever the hell they are. Uh, again, I don't really know what episode. So I think it's sixty five or sixty six or something like that. It's a special season ending year end uh, podcast. A year a year ender. I think we yes, did a season a end. Ender. This is more of a we did a season. End. This is like a year ender. Yeah. Throw in a little transfer. But uh, you know, we do have some more topics to talk about. I think the last time out, I did. Uh, you know, Phil and Russ were on the podcast, and we just went over the Mario Balotelli uh, madness. If you guys want to share. A Mario Balotelli <laughs> thought. Uh, we will do that. It's a good player. We've Your got thoughts? <laughs> we, we've got a new striker in town. They made a signing announcement before the new year, which is huge. Yeah, that's amazing. We've got some uh, some rumors. Uh, we have a couple of re-signing of fringe guys. We had the re-entry, the waiver, the expansion. Were there any other drafts that I missed, to George? Uh, well, let's see. It's we're recording at about twelve forty-five. So I don't think there was any yet today. There's probably <laughs> something else coming down. We've got a new MLS playoff format. We've got all kinds of stuff going on here. So what do you want to start? You want to start with – got to start with Sergio Santos. Yeah. The new Philadelphia Union striker uh, who comes to Philadelphia from Al- Aldax Italiano. Is that how you say the name? I think so. Aldax go Italiano. With and we the, were just watching uh, clips of him before. We were. Like Dave two minutes I, ago yeah, to prepare. Dave and, and I, our, prep- fast. Yeah, our preparation included uh, watching <laughs> watching one minute of a three-minute highlight I was impressed. video before, uh, before the podcast started. I thought started. you need to win me over, just one highlight package. Sergio Santos, 24 years old, scored 10 goals for Aldax in uh, the Chilean League last year. And you know what? Out of the three people... Uh, in the room right now, only one is really like on the beat right now. So I'm going to give Matt the, <laughs> there George we go. the yeah. first the first <laughs> thought on Sergio Santos. And and as such, I watched two minutes <laughs> of that three minute well, highlight as, tape. Yeah, it's great. So I can be the expert here. I think he's an interesting player. Young guy, not overly young, but I think 24. Um, he's got some talent. Ernst Tanner seems to think that he has some. Uh, positional flexibility that he can play up top. Uh, I don't know that a six-foot guy can necessarily be an out-and-out number nine as physical as MLS center backs can be, Um, but I tend to think he's probably more of a wide player in MLS, and I think, you know, a lot of this speculation is not knowing how Ernst Tanner and Jim Curtin are going to line up the team next year. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you were to fit Sergio Santos into the 4-2-3-1 hierarchy of this year that if you were to put him on the left wing and have a true out-and-out left winger mm-hmm. and move Fafa Pico to the right, that's a really daunting partnership. That's a lot of speed and a lot of skill uh, that, you got, that you'd that you be tossing at opponents. Yeah. Um, 
as it is, if he's going to be a, a you know a second striker, it's possible that him and, and Pico can kind of uh, interchange a little bit, playing off of someone like Burke or Burke up top. He's a left-footed guy. Um, he's about six feet, and they listed him at one hundred eighty pounds. I think on the I think that was actually on the Union website. Um, I remember that number specifically because when I was looking at transfer market or whatever else, it was listed in like you know kil- kilograms or whatever the hell. Um, on tape, he looked like he has wheels. He looked pretty mm-hmm. damn fast. I don't, I don't know anything about the Chilean league. I don't know what the quality of play is like there, but he looked really fast. Uh, he looked like he has some kind of trickiness to his game, some, some skill. He didn't look like he was just a, a horse athletically where he was going to beat you in a straight line. Like He did look to have some skill on the ball yeah. and, and some, some moves to be able to cut and do some things in space. Um, the comparison that I saw, like I, I sort of thought of uh, Albert Elise down in Houston when I was looking at him a little bit built yeah. built kind of the same way uh kind of has like a tweener kind of skill set where he does a lot of like little things well mm-hmm. but yeah if you had played him in the shape this year he'd probably be a left winger um yeah I think he, looks, a, he looked pretty good to me though I think Elise might be a little bit more of a traditional uh stay out wide guy yeah uh where Santos strikes me as more of kind of a channel runner yes um yeah, and I, I think I I, I yeah. look at him as a more physical and probably a little bit more technical version of Fafa Pico mm-hmm. and then he's a little bit bigger. Um, but it, again, it'll be interesting because I think one of the things with Ernst Tanner is that he's going to be in the process of redefining what a winger is for the union. Correct. I think we had a really clear view under Jim Curtin and Ernie Stewart, what those wide guys were going to be. And a lot of those guys, Marcus Epps, Fabian Herbers are now mm-hmm. being employed by R. other R. teams. Not the uh, wide, not the wide nine. Uh, that the Eagles used to run no, back no, in the day, but no, a different why. This is a non-Ron Rivera prod podcast. That's right. Um, but so, do you guys think he's going to be more of a a, a complementary player, or because we we were talking before about they're going to bring in one like marquee guy as either a striker or as a uh, an attacking uh, midfielder? Is this is this one of their guys, or is he just more of a piece for like depth? Like, what's your take on that? Well, it's like a, it's a, there's like multiple parts about that, right? Like, number one is this like the DP that solves everything, or is there something else DP, right? coming down the pipe? Well, no, he's well, just a in, in theory, like the idea yeah. of they needed of DP striker, they should aim for that. Um, does he move the needle as far as that? The fans kind of seemed kind of split in that regard. Some yeah. people seemed excited, number one, that they made the announcement earlier that they identified a guy and went and got him, uh, and that they beat a Mexican club to his signature, mm-hmm. and that they also paid $500,000 in it. it. It wasn't technically a transfer fee, but they paid money that they never would pay right. uh, to bring in a guy like that. You know, I think it's, I think it's interesting, and they have pieces. Now, we can, we can certainly debate whether having – three you know if you have five forwards who make a combined three million million dollars in a year mm-hmm. is that the same as having a three million dollar forward i don't i don't think it always is yeah and that's yeah. kind of the the tack that ernst tanner's taking i mean right now i think they have six guys that are quote unquote forwards i mean he is yeah. he's been yeah. on record saying that fafa pico is he views him as a forward not as a midfielder yeah, yeah, yeah. if that's the case then david akam's not a midfielder he's a forward then you have right. CJ Sapong and Corey Burke, who's coming off a career season. You have Casper Prisbilko, who I assume does something other than model outerwear. <laughs> um, but you have a lot of strikers now. And but if that's so, the only thing you do, that's not a bad. I mean, he's he's good. You got at him back it. on a good. Yeah, he's good at a good contract. Yeah. yeah, not too much money. Speaking of modeling, uh, Alejandro <laughs> Bedoya modeled his bare ass. <laughs> On Instagram yesterday, we can he talk did. about that later. But <laughs> Matt, what's so so? That, that's it, the interesting thing to me. So you bring in Santos. Obviously, he's a, he's a starter, right? Even if you play, you're yeah. gonna play two. Say you play two strikers next year. That's Pico Akam, uh Burke, Sapong, and and the Polish guy. That's five. So mm-hmm. even if you were gonna play a two striker set, you have six. You, you know, you're putting six people into that pool. Who, who, if if you had to pick something right now, who would your two forwards be? So that this is the problem is that I don't I don't know how it all works just yet, and I like I guess the question I'm asking is like, does the Santos signing like give us any kind of insight into what Tanner's trying to do? I think what he's trying to do is something good in that not assuming that Corey Burke is the unquestioned starter mm-hmm. at forward. Because that's kind of what the situation that they were in last year is that yeah, yeah. CJ Sapong comes off a career season 
and you didn't bring in anybody who was going to push him the yeah. next year. And whether there's a clear cause and effect or not, CJ did not have the same season following up that 16-goal year. So I think you're going to have competition there. I still think I, – I would look at it in kind of pairings. I think that um, Santos can play with Fafa underneath him. Corey can play with either of those two underneath him. Um, CJ can be a center forward. David Akam can be a guy off of him. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of if, – if we're going to assume that that's close to the hierarchy – it's kind of a weird situation in that two of the guys making the least money are Burke and Pico, who are yeah. both making less than uh, than Sapong and Akam, and Sapong and Akam would supposedly be on the bench. That seems a bit weird. But part of the problem is is that you don't know what a winger looks like in an Ernst Tanner system. If we're assuming mm-hmm. that you know a lot of Red Bulls teams will play a four-two-two-two, well, you still need someone to provide with. But what does that look like? Is Alejandro Bedoya one of those guys? Is a still unnamed guy? Uh, one of them, and and how does a two-striker system fit with a creative midfielder? I think what this move really tells you is that you probably are not going to get a direct replacement for Boric Dochkal, which is in some ways understandable. I mean, that is an expensive commodity. You see how often in the union's past they failed to actually get that number 10 and even with the success of Dochkal, they failed to get that number 10 more often than they've succeeded so it's possible that tanner's looking at this as a um let's find a way to succeed without a number 10 it can be done Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you still need more creative pieces in midfield because there's not enough creativity in midfield but it can be done yeah and it's still pretty early like we're trying to figure out where everyone fits on the chart but i feel like there's a good chance that Someone will get traded, like David Akam, if that's possible, or or I'm CJ Sapong. I mean, do you see all those guys coming back next well, year? Well, that I takes mean, yeah. I mean, that's another that's the second point that I had written down here. But before we get to before we just wrap up the Santos things, I wanted I wanted to point out that uh, this Sergio Santos is not to be confused with Sergi Santos, who was the creator of the sex robot. Are you sure? I'm sure because I googled have you, have you I googled him, though, Sergi. To well, I mean it's on the internet, so it must be true, right? <laughs> I googled Sergi Santos because when the thir- first um, the uh, rumor, yeah. ca- rumor I came seen out, the, the sex robot thing. Yeah, uh, the I, when it first came out, the guy on Twitter said Ser- the guy's name was Sergi Santos. So everybody typed in Sergi Santos, and the of course the it's sex like with robot um, Chris Pontius when you put in right. Chris, yeah, that's Pontius. That's the so reason your guys' search history is messed up. Got it. Yeah, right, right. Got it. Got it. But got I it. think I think to, I haven't to, searched to, for sex robots in at least a few months. To advance to advance the story, as we say, do you think the nickname will catch on? Sex robot. Yeah. And do you think he'll understand? Talk to the it? Tifa people. Sex robot. Right, well, we'll leave that up. To, we'll right. leave that I up kept to honestly with it, when he first signed, I kept trying to call him Sergi Roberto. I don't know why that got stuck <laughs> in my head. So, <laughs> the guy from Barcelona. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. So, well, so what's OP's a good natural segue good. from sex robots? So speaking yeah. of sex robots, um, Baby and Herbert was traded. <laughs> we had kind of a Woj and Shams thing going on here with the CJ Sapong and the David Akam. So the mystery source who got the stuff right for me a couple weeks ago also said that he that he or she or who or they did not think that Ernst was really that high on on both Sapong and Akam. Uh, and then you had the two got the reports from conflicting uh, Ghanaian. Are you going to tell us outlets. who this mystery source is? And is it one of uh, Baxter's friends from the uh, dog park? Uh, it's not one of Baxter's friends from the dog park. And I'm also disappointed to announce that the dog park has been dismantled. They're actually taking oh, it apart. Really? Right now. Yeah. If you drive like two blocks, if you loop around Man, the block when you come back. Been, changing. Well, they're redoing 95. So they're tearing down everything at that interchange right there. All that bullshit has finally like made its way down here, but um, right. So, the, so the mystery source. I, I will tell you that the mystery source doesn't know that they're a source. Uh, they don't like, listen to the podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> like they, they, they're they're a pro. It's a proxy. Does that make sense? Like is somebody it, said something to somebody, and then that uh, somebody said something to. Is it that? Um, Let's keep guessing. Do you have any ideas? Nick Sakevich? Nah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Nick Sakevich. I'm not going to guess sources. No, nah, he had enough on his is, plate with the, with, the is it Peter Novak? with the lockout or whatever the hell was going on there. I don't even know what the hell Peter's he doing locked, at this point. Uh, Nick locked his um, Twitter account after that controversial tweet. Did yeah, what did he say? NL commish. He had what, what some like, say? politics tweet from his personal account. Oh, yeah, he like, yeah, told yeah, someone, he's yeah. like, if you don't like it, get out of the country. <laughs> and, then, and then he tried claiming he was hacked. Right <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, why, listen, why are we I, guessing? Because no one in the on the podcast you, has the screenshots. Why don't you of look it? that up? Yeah. Um, 
I, no, yeah, but Matt so knows. so what we so I had somebody that said that that Ernst was not really high on on either one of those guys. Uh, obviously, CJ was you know sort of bumped out to the wing this year in a con with a sports hernia, whatever the hell that was. But uh, both both outlets were saying that one outlet was saying that they were that they were gone, that they were interested in getting rid of both of those, and then and then you, that would that would leave you with with Pico Santos, uh, Burke, and Prisbilko. And I I think nor- like normally on a on a roster, you. Like I think, like when you build a Champions League roster, for example, like I think they usually hold four strikers. Mm-hmm. If you're playing two, I think you would roll with five. But you can always pull somebody up from steel. So I don't. As far as what the numbers look like, I know they don't get the sell-on money if they if they move a com. Like if they transfer him, that money still goes back to Chicago. And right, CJ, yeah. who's making half a million, I don't I don't really know what yeah, the what the market looks like for him. That you was know? the you interesting thing. That was someone. that was the interesting thing with Prisbilko is that I thought he was a move. Uh, geared towards if they won the Open Cup and were going to Champions League. I thought that's what he was here for. And yeah. now that that didn't materialize, he wouldn't have a place. But I guess that's different. I think when you assess the trade market for each of those guys, Sapong is a guy that can certainly help uh, in MLS. If you know, there's a team out there that's willing to pay uh, Kai Kamara almost a million dollars until he's 36. There's there's a place yeah, for right. CJ Sapong yeah, in this league true. somewhere, yeah. whether or not that's with the union. With a calm, I think it's more of an issue of where the risk is. Um, you know, you look at the Greg Garza trade. FC Cincinnati uh, paid, I think it was four hundred fifty thousand in allocation money. Yeah, uh, for Garza, it's a good chunk. And even if we assume that. That va- that money doesn't mean the same to them because they have so much as an expansion team coming in. Mm-hmm. That's more than two years of Greg Garza's salary. If you were to yeah. project that onto David Akam, that means someone would have to give you two million dollars for him. That's yeah, not going to happen. And it's not. Yeah, you're and right. You're if right. you, I think the union have to consider. Okay, so we paid more than a million dollars in allocation money a year ago for this guy. If someone comes and says we'll give you two hundred thousand for him, are you willing to sell him at that big of a loss that quickly? Or is the more is the larger value proposition keeping him to see if he can a produce for you and b resuscitate his value on the trade market? I think that's what you have to look at with a com. Uh, is it where is his value right now, and is it almost more valuable to take the risk and say, let's keep him. Let's assume that he was not healthy last year and that he can still be an eight to twelve goal guy, which I I'll think he you, still can be. This I just came up with this right now. This might might be a great parallel or a horrible parallel, but. Uh, there's I, I see a little bit of Markel Fultz situation in the a calm thing. You bring yeah, this absolutely. up absolutely. You bring up Fultz every podcast. <laughs> you're, you're like, no, no, but <laughs> I always talk about how much I hate it. Yeah, I bring it up. No, like but absolutely, podcast. you have to consider yeah. where his value is and what he could actually be worth. And is it worth it to sell him? Like, I mean, with Fultz, is it worth it to sell him for a second round pick at this point, or to try and yeah, right, venture the idea that maybe he can maybe this is an anomaly and maybe he can still become like something. you know what the uh, the upside is if you get a, a healthy david Akam, you know and like it everything changed for me after i found out that he was playing with that that issue but, Absolutely. but t- take me back real quick because I, I can't fucking remember he he had so we know that he had surgery or he had a procedure done yeah. at the end of last season with chicago correct so when the union brought him in this year for all intents and purposes it, he checked out medically. He Obviously, was, it would have had to for the trade to, to right. To I go believe through. that he was outside of the rehab period because you know those tend to be six to eight years, yeah, or six to eight, six <laughs> to eight weeks. Sorry, if you're false, um, it's six yeah, to eight false. years. Yeah. 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 Um. But if you're assuming that he had that surgery in the aftermath of last off season, by January he would have been all cleared. I don't yeah. recall any significant delays for him starting preseason. I think he was pretty much ready to go from the beginning. Yeah. Um, although I want to say he probably met them in Florida and wasn't here in Philly immediately after the draft. He um, flew, but, yeah, because he flew in. Um, they did the thing with the people meeting him at the airport like a week after. Because the news broke on the yeah, day that's right. We didn't get a chance to like, talk day, to him in yeah. Philly before he went to preseason. So he right, went right. Straight, straight down. Yeah. So I guess mm-hmm. the assumption was that there was some residual damage that wasn't cleaned up there. So huh. he was, you know, not full strength. Um, and I think that's an injury that really can rob you of some of your explosiveness, especially for a player like yeah. that. It, dude, it's like, like I said on the podcast before, I won't go into the whole damn thing again, but like I played a seed. I took three. I, I, Took three months off him to stop playing, and then I went back and played Casa again, and I could still feel it. Um, 
like right off the bat. It would kind of improve a little bit as the game went on, but you just didn't like feel like yourself. Yeah. And I did feel like I was like overcompensating, trying not to do certain things because I didn't want to like aggravate it or do it more. And when you're, when you're out there and you know that you can't do certain shit and you're not trying it, then it's, and uh, I, can, I mean, of course it's a handicap. And I can imagine you know? for a calmness and I spoke to him a little bit, just kind of conversationally about this, not for a story, but yeah. you know, just how he was doing. But, you know, psychologically it's got to be difficult when you have a guy like that who's, you know, his strength is being able to open up and just dust people yeah. in the open field. Yeah, but, he looked but like to he, be, could, he could not really, like, sh- like shift or do much la- laterally. And as a result, yeah. I think he didn't put himself in positions where he was able to be that attacker. Yeah. And then, you know, he didn't want to put him, you know, this is me speculating, maybe mm. he didn't want to put himself in positions where he was going to be forced to open it up and he wasn't sure what his body was able to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like in Markel Fultz's case, like he knows. So like, like people were saying to me, like, well, if he can't get his arms above his shoulders, then why is he able to like one hand dunk right. over somebody? I'm like, okay, well, that's different than like, you know, lifting both arms up over your head from three point line and having a consistent motion with that. You know, so maybe David Akam feels fine when he's running in a straight line. Uh, and he's able to run at a certain pace or with a certain directness or, or like a linear nature or something like that. But if he has to be slower and shiftier and, you know, move laterally or go side to side, or if he has to play triangles with Bedoya and Madunian and Dojkal in the midfield or something like that, maybe, maybe that's where you don't, maybe that's where he's trying to compensate mm-hmm. for not being able to do that kind of stuff. So I, I, I changed my tune totally on how, how he, performed last year based on based on what i know now as, as baxter comes over here but dave you you've done a couple of sixers games now in, in recent have. memory so i think you're qualified to make a markel fultz <laughs> i can't talk Ooh. about fultz yeah. oh, okay he hasn't been there for any of those games yes yeah, I, I haven't seen him yet all oh, right because he hasn't played in the games that but you've you been were wrong you said on twitter that the sixers were zero and two in games i covered but it's one and one and well you were there but you were where wasn't it wednesday and friday the no n- i was there the week before when they won, oh. uh, and then they lost. Well, uh, I apologize. Then, you were yeah. right. It's fake. It's fake news. Fake news. But uh, I'm back tonight. Anything I should know? Um, no, they'll beat the Knicks. Yeah, I'm, and then I'm working yeah. desk at Delco, so write it fast. Right. Yeah, Matt is uh, Dave and I will be at the Sixers uh, tonight, Wednesday, and Matt's going to do a fencing uh, feature, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> so do. Don't, Put him s- don't scoop me. Um, yeah. Okay, they re-signed Fabinho, Warren Carval, and uh, we talked about the Polish dude. Um, any thoughts on Fabinho and Carval? We'll start I, with you, Dave. I think right? the main thought is that they need players on their roster. They have a lot of open spots. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, it, if you don't bring back these guys and you're just looking at the draft and signings, you need at least like 10 more guys to, to, to like fill out the roster. So so these are good uh, depth guys. Uh, Fabinho we talked about before. Maybe you, they could bring him back for like one year, kind of trans kind of transfer him into like a uh, coaching job or something if that's something that he wants to do he can join Cleberson and fred at the y yeah at the ysc uh, brazilian team or rio, <laughs> rio, uh, rio yeah. north as we're now yeah, referring to it. Yeah. so uh, yeah. i i think that's a good move uh fabinho i think um if they don't bring anyone else back it'll be a good preseason battle between him and uh, matt real i think most fans would probably rather see uh a matt real take the job but um so you want to give that Kind of a battle, I guess, right? I, I believe it's technically called the Chris Albright Fellowship <laughs> that they brought uh, yeah. Fabinho back on. I'm a little disappointed. Is Chris that, Albright Brazilian? Uh, no, oh. uh, but See, he does I, have he does have flamboyant hair when his playing day, so that kind of counts. That's yeah. very true. I, I'm a little disappointed that Craval's back, just because I think Warren. Yeah, me too. yeah agreed. Me too. I, yeah. But yeah. mainly for Warren, because I think he's a guy that can play. Oh, that's an angle you're going to take in for? some okay. of the you know. He could play in a league like Denmark. Baxter he could play in a league like, um, you know, maybe the maybe the two Bundesliga or something like that. I think if he wanted to pursue a U- European career, he could do yeah. that as a full. Our angle is more blocking like Jones that. because he, he yeah he blocked Jones a lot. Out last I just don't. Year. But, but I just now, don't think he's used well though. Yeah. I mean, he's better than Kerval is better in MLS than a guy who's only playing eight my games problem a year. yeah I, I mean i like warren and like i said I, he was phenomenal in that in long stretches that 2016 season where they they ended up using him and uh brian carroll together and what i thought was kind of like a redundant role but they when they played him a little bit further forward when he was playing an eight and he was able to do a little bit more like uh box to box and like a destroyer kind of role uh that allowed brian carroll to sort of sit back and, and ping the ball around i don't i don't think warren's a good enough passer uh, to be a consistent number six starter in MLS, and I, I know the Yankee Stadium is not the best example, but he really didn't. He really struggled in that department in the playoff game. Um, I think everybody kind of struggles to pass the ball in that field. 
but but he's not. And obviously, going from Harrisman Dooney, who can only yeah. pass and do nothing else, to Warren Carvall, who can pretty much only win the ball and do nothing mm-hmm. else. But the, the 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 dichotomy of each of their skill sets is just such a funky kind of thing to look at. But but even then, say, so say for example, like Harris Madunian did not come back last year. They didn't have him. If you had Derek Jones, Warren Craval, whatever, say you're only going to play a two-man midfield, I, I think of like, you know, what the Galaxy did back in the day with Janino, Marcelo Sarvas, how they just sort of had two horses in the middle there. And they didn't have a ton of like chance creation. They obviously didn't play with the number 10, but I could see Warren maybe doing – something in that in that kind of set next to Derek Jones they could feasibly yeah. play together. Yeah, I mean and and I think with with Warren, I mean if you look at some of the guys that Minnesota trots out week after week or you know, some of the sieve like midfields in yeah. MLS. There's a role for him if you create a, a kind of a good, you know, even LAFC yeah. that just needs one holder, just one holder yeah. and then everybody and then let the other five guys run free, you know. I think he's He's more than the role that he's played the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and um, didn't that Tanner say he had a contract offer from an MLS team? I was assuming. Yeah, did I that fall so. through, or I, did, or did the union just like beat them to the. It's possible that that was a little lost in translation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that kind of fell through, and you know, I don't think anybody really. Uh, I don't think anybody really chased that down, to be honest with you. <laughs> and does this mean that uh, John McCarthy and Ray Gaddis are definitely out since they did, didn't announce that at the same time? Is that or well, are they did, still in negotiation? Well, they said they were still f- negotiating with Ray, right? Yeah, and wasn't Ray protected in the expansion draft? Yes, yeah, he okay. was. Yeah. So I think that would indicate that yeah, they'd but be Dinian interested in bringing him back. Yeah, was the only one back. who, the only under contract player. Yeah, who was right. not protect, protected? Which I think makes, day. which I think makes a certain level of sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously Cincinnati wasn't. You should have taken them. It's like an all, it's like an all like Philly team in Cincinnati. I wasn't really that impressed with Cincinnati's expansion draft. No, not at all. You? I think Maddox is a good pickup, right? I, I no? don't. Oh. Well, it just seemed I, weird with 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 having Adi already. Adi and Maddox yeah. and Darren Maddox is. Ne- I tweeted this. Darren Maddox has never played two thousand minutes in a season. Yeah. But he wants to be paid like a guy who's yeah. You you can't assume that what he does over sixteen hundred minutes is going to project who does, who does if he, he gets twenty eight hundred minutes, and he's going to want to be paid as someone who gets. Who does he think he is? They have a good Wayne roster Green. though. Jimmy McLaughlin, Corbin Bone, right? yeah, Austin yeah. Barry's an assistant gonna coach. The coach. That's going to be a hell of a Christian uh, Hernandez, line. Zach Pfeffer are coming soon. Maybe you can ask about that <laughs> when all those guys return, and Peter will get really mad at you, and then you'll go out yeah. in the hallway after the press conference <laughs> and yell at each other, just like Mark Narducci and uh, Peter Novak did back in the day. Um, Who's right, getting we're, a Jimmy we're, on the phone when FC plays uh, Phillies? I think I, you'll have to. You come were tired. I already and, talked. I already talked to him this year for what I thought was a good little story. So. Okay, let me just bang through a couple of these. It's already like at a half hour so far. Herbers. Um, Herbers trade. Any issues with that? Nope. I mean, it's kind of a. You got fifty thousand dollars for him. Yeah. It's kind of a bust. They for, had very for little. For a number six pick to get traded for for a second rounder, right? But any other. Uh, you got zero. You're going to get zero dollars for the number two pick in that draft. So fifty thousand dollars isn't bad. Anything the union should have done in the re-entry or the waiver drafts? Keep Marcus Epps. Not, no, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, Marcus Epps to New York is interesting. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's still a young guy. He's got some wheels. Uh, maybe they see something in him that the union don't. I um, think he's probably a really solid USL player for a number of years. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Um, how about these small graphics that they're doing on the back of the jersey, this big contest or whatever? Does that do anything for anybody? No, <laughs> it's, re- it's weird because it's you, replacing. Baxter. Sure, Baxter. it's Baxter. <laughs> it's it's replacing the previous graphic, which here, was also equivalent to the number of trophies they've won, which is nothing. Uh, so no, not not terribly interested in that. As much as it it got a chance for Julie Ertz and and Zach Ertz to get associated with the union brand. Yeah, I, I can't say that I care much. I'm trying to get. Baxter's currently it's on the a mic. Professional podcast. Um, what are you doing? It is. It is. Yeah. I'm sorry. Let's get. That it, means let's we gotta get, pay Baxter. Let's <laughs> get it. Uh, let's get it back to the. Let's union get back here, on track. Um, Should you do questions? You yeah. More? Well, I. Um, we got a whole season to run down. I don't. I don't sorry. see. You know, it's that that stuff. Like, I know people. I I, I want to like do the old man uh, on my lawn thing again, real quick here, because I know people get um, what's his face parchment or whatever tweeted like the after. Well, after Atlanta, of course. Like, and I and I said this too. I was like, uh, well, Atlanta won the MLS Cup in year two, and the Union won the Jack shit bowl. Um, 
blah blah blah. But they then, didn't even get know, to keep the bowl. Parchment's like, well, you know, other owners are going to figure out how to do more tattoo artists and more, um, you know, stupid whatever things. I did see that tattoo artist tweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, again, like what I said with the tattoo artist and with like this little thing with the emblems on the back of the jersey or whatever. Like, don't get mad at the team for that kind of stuff like the marketing department what do you want them to do if the team sucks or people are mad at the team like you can't the marketing department just doesn't take like a year off and say like well we don't want to anger anybody i think the tattoo (laughs) well actually i think the bigger problem is is that ernst tanner is actually the one designing those (laughs) he is not he went to africa to get inspiration for those so he is not looking at players at all yeah he is only looking at potential shirt tags or whatever the heck that is he uh yeah he's he went to africa right after europe i think the only continents he did not go to yeah. were Antarctica. He's having a great little winter. Just yeah, going right. continent bouncing. Well, I, like, I, I thought there was that. something that was funny too is the the union put that graphic up on Twitter and had like the, the plane <laughs> going to like all the different yeah. like continents <laughs> and somebody com- some com- complained because <laughs> they mean. said like you're giving away secrets like you're telling uh, op- opposing yeah. teams where you're going. Oh, but I it hope, was just a plane going LA, to Europe. I hope, was... I hope LAFC is not listening to this podcast. But Ernst Tanner is in Europe. We're gonna we're gonna disclose his location, Africa. Yeah, yeah. See it's if you like can the, find yeah. him. He's under the, he's under the clock tower. Yeah, Jesus. It's not like the plane like flew to like uh, a city, the Congo, <laughs> and then they zoomed in on like it wasn't even a country. It was a continent. <laughs> But we should not uh, like that band because he, he could be a, he a could listener. Be a listener. And if you, in which if case, you are we're a listener, sorry. I apologize. But hopefully we can just have a good laugh or whatever. We can get into <laughs> qu- we can get into questions, but since it's a Christmas um Plus a plus holi- to be fair, I, I know the countries that Ernst Tanner was going to yeah. and I'm an idiot. Well there so, you go. See people see that it. people that are in the know probably know where he is and it'll be fine. This is um this is the season or the year-ending podcast, and because of that, I wanted. And Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, Hanukkah is, is going. Is it's going over. On. It's over. I'm sorry. Hanukkah's Should over. Be. Kwanzaa, I think, is coming up. Uh, there's a festivus for the rest of us. But I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to share my favorite clip from my favorite uh, Christmas movie right now. Oh, nice. Hang on one sec. Is it Die Hard? No. I wasn't talking to you. There you go. Christmas Vacation, 1989. Are you a Christmas Vacation fan? I like it. Uh, My favorite Christmas movies. Are we getting into that talk? Um, We can do that. Well, I'm sure we'll stumble into that in the questions, right? What's your favorite? I don't know. Home Alone? Home Alone's a good one. Home Alone featuring Donald, like, Donald Trump. I have I think a weird choice. No, that was Home Alone 2. Oh, Home Alone 2. Uh, Family Man, which is not a good movie, but um, Nicolas Cage overacts like crazy the entire movie. And oh, it's, okay. it's really funny to watch. So you appreciate the, the, I perfor- like Family the Man. performance. And, okay. and it's a wonderful life. I, I do enjoy Dave, you've done the least amount of talking in the podcast uh, besides Baxter. So why don't you handle the questions here? Is that true? I'm sorry. Yeah, let me just ch- check the crossing broad. Yeah, that's actually how we determine sure. your rate. So mm-hmm. you're not getting paid a lot for this. Ooh. Uh, Rich Laurie, this isn't a question, but he says, I just gave Allison Chains a re-listen because of KK. Turns out I still hate him. Noted. Sacrilege, man. So just try, try Imagine Dragons. Reader? It's very similar to Alice in Chains. Yeah, I would Try recommend, Rich, I would recommend Imagine Dragons. Not sure if you've heard of them before. The new stuff, not the old stuff. The the, the new stuff <laughs> yeah. is really hard-hitting. Yeah. I love that one. <laughs> when people are always talking about bands, they say, like, I only like, this, like the pre-1993 yeah. stuff, not their new stuff. But for Imagine Dragons, it's... Oh, yeah. I, I like the this stuff. <laughs> uh, their best stuff has not even been created yet. Is there a band... A serious question. Is there a band that exists... Where somebody says that about them, I don't like the old stuff, only the new stuff. So I think there's a line. There's a line. So like, I'll use the Pink Floyd example. Like, Pink old Pink Floyd was like psychedelic rock. That's and if you true. listen to their, if you listen to the Sid Barrett stuff, it is not Pink Floyd. Um, so there's kind of a a level, you know. You got like 
I'll bring up Springsteen. Springsteen didn't really find his his niche. He's my second born, favorite band. Towards but, Born yeah. Till Born to Run. So that was the third album. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, because if you change your style dramatically, that's one thing. But normally, like in the genesis of a band, you kind of are like, you know, back in the day, you would sell out or whatever. You know, like Metallica cut their hair or whatever the hell. But now, I used to give a shit about all that stuff back in the day. And as Dave almost knocks over the CD tower here, um, but I don't like you used to care about that stuff back in the day. More like Metallica cut their hair and they don't play fast music anymore. But now I listen to like uh, the Black Album and I'm like, all right, so, you know, there's some good shit on here. So, all right, anyway, that's my sidebar on music. All right, so, questions? Dave, Are we ready? Yeah. Is the first question really? I'm Union Hulk. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. Do you want to, who wants the pleasure of first, last, and only? I'll try. It's you, Dave. Is January signing going to be good, or is it going to be Scrotum McTesticle from Fourth Division Scotland? (laughs) (laughs) Philly Union now at faster playoffs and maybe Libertadores, and we don't have time for Jim Jim and his peach pants to jerk off to the academy every week in press conference. I should not be reading this. I'm a professional journalist. I'll read it then. You might as well finish it now. I already finished it. Okay, there Uh, you go. Wait, is there a question there? Oh, yeah. Is it going to be as good or is it going to be Scrotum McTesticle? Um, have, have you guys seen clips of Scrotum McTesticle? Yeah, it depends on I'm how I'm afraid you... to Google him. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how you rate Scrotum McTesticle. I'm heard that he's not, I've heard that he's not highly rated. Yeah, I mean, fourth division Scotland's kind of weak. I feel yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, he... I mean, third division <laughs> and up from Scotland. Yeah, and I think the scouting report on him is he kind of, you know, he kind of leans to the right a little bit, which kind of leads to some off-balance formations. So it, uh, it happens. <laughs> Dave, you continue the questions. I'm going right. to look up who's in the Scottish for Eric Jensen then asked, will talent be like um, this next year? And it's a picture of, of a major league from their first game when there's no crowd. So in a Great movie. And Matt responded, are you talking about the crowd or if reporters will bring alcohol to the press box? Because the answer is yes. Good response. Thank you. Eric says, just once this year in case you haven't. Uh, saying in case you haven't noticed and judging by the attendance you haven't also a great quote from the movie so so actually that brings us to kind of the playoff format because (laughs) i think that if if mls is going to do what it says it's going to do uh if the playoffs are going to be earlier and the regular season is still going to start around the same time then you're going to get a lot more jumbled of a season and you're going to get mm. a lot more midweek games. So it, 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 we'll see how that affects attendance. It's going to be different this year because you're with Cincinnati coming in, you're going to have an even number of teams. So you're not going to have the nonsense of last year where every team has to have a buy every week because you only have 23 teams. Yeah. So you're going to be able to play a full slate every week. So there's going to be fewer in week by se- by games. Uh, by weeks so it might affect it uh, i think a little bit the one thing i and i kevin i'd be interested in your thoughts on this one of the first things i think i remember tell talking to ernie stewart about in 2015 Mm -hmm. where we were like so how how are you liking american soccer and one of the things he said was the off season's way too long and at that point it was like six weeks yeah yeah (laughs) i still think it's like not even even changing it to changing it to what it will be now i still i still don't have a problem with that okay personally because i don't either it's not that because i don't like i mean mean, people always say this for like purposes of like thinking about the national national team um i i personally actually like ending the season earlier and and starting the season just a tad earlier Mm -hmm. weather be damned because the, you know, we're getting blown out of the water in the CONCACAF Champions League because yeah. it's that that's another schedule issue on the front side of, of the um, the slate. So, I, you know, I think in this way it's good because you're not dragging it on too long, but also you're not, um, you know, th- throwing teams up against Tigres in, in yeah. week three. I wonder, you know? if, I wonder if there's backlash, though, from the U.S. soccer side of having that because, I mean, we look at Europe and they really get what – like June no time off. off. They do holiday in Miami, and then that's basically it. Yeah. But I mean, like you look at how some of these guys roll into the World Cup and the Euros, and they're like just knackered, as yeah. the Brits would say. You know, so it's an interesting, yeah. but it is an interesting dichotomy between an off season that seems to be too short and a season that we can all agree is way too long. Yeah, the, the best. I think it's a great change. I I have no complaints w- with the change. I think MLS actually knocked out out of the park well, the biggest, what, the what biggest website problem, what website do you work for yeah the cool. biggest the biggest problem that i have is it just you ran into those the, the international breaks were just momentum killers you know yeah. and then you lost yeah, interest you, you lost interest in it because uh, after two weeks when you got you know ice hockey and college football and nfl and everything else that's going on at the time 
it's just too much of a saturation there for people for casuals or or even really like the, the problem well the biggest problem is that like if you're a fan of a, of an MLS team that's not in the playoffs you don't even really give a shit about the playoffs you know I, f- I Whereas, would forget like, that they were going on yeah exactly Whereas if you're an NFL fan and say the Eagles don't make the playoffs this year you're probably still going to watch like the Chargers versus the uh like Colts or or whoever in the in the first round you know so you so you're losing you lose so much steam that you just get to the point where people aren't yeah. It's more yeah, like yeah. Uh, March Madness now, which is a great thing. It's yeah. March Madness is cool, but now it's um, it's kind of parallels the uh, baseball playoffs more now. Would you say because it's from October to like early November? Is that a little yeah, bit? I yeah. I got more like World Series. Well, yeah, but I I don't think that those two audiences overlap <laughs> all that much because yeah. you're at you know you're at the one audience is old and demographically skews white and the other one is younger and skews more cosmopolitan and more international so one skews more hipster you know what um (laughs) here's the tier of the teams that are in the scottish fourth division uh it's the you can do anything on google if you get promoted you get promoted to the scottish league one and if you get relegated you get relegated to the highland football league Mm. Uh, and the low and the lowland football league. If you get Scrooge if you get relegated, team. they drop you on that island that they taped uh, uh, the last Star Wars on, <laughs> where Luke lives. Was that in Scotland? Uh, I think it's it's off of the British Isles somewhere. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. So the teams are the Albion Rovers, Annan Athletic, the Berwick Rangers, Clyde, Cowden, Cowdenbeath, Cowdenbeath, uh, Edinburgh City, Elgin City. Pe- okay. Peterhead, which I believe uh, is Barry um, Barry's team. Uh, Peterhead. I don't know if you're allowed to say that on this podcast. I don't think so. Oh, uh, there goes that. I E-rating. mean, we already said score to McTestico. <laughs> I think he we would play for Peterhead. <laughs> Queens Park. Uh, score to McTestico plays for Peterhead. Can you check the roster? Queens Park. <laughs> Queens Park. That's original. Um, it came in ninth, and they were relegated to the, either the Highlands or the Lowlands, whichever one Mel Gibson's currently in right now. And uh, Sterling Albion. Ah, uh, Sterling was actually—I think they yeah. were actually in the Premier League. Uh, Tell you what, ago. speaking of lower division soccer, that Sterling team is pretty damn good. Uh, did you guys when uh, Cowdenbeath and Sterling get together? <laughs> I mean, did you guys read the article on the Italian um, third division team that uh, that um, oh, what's the name killed? Uh, Mike, Piazza. Oh, Mike Piazza. Yeah, your boy. That's a crazy uh, article. You probably read it because you're a Mets fan. I read it. Mets I fan. love that article. Yeah, Reg- you're a dirty Reggiana? Fan. Yeah, Reggiana. Mike Piazza yeah. killed a hundred year old soccer club. Reggiano. His wife came off so bad in that article. I didn't read it, but it sounded you to me it? like you're an athletic. Writer, I didn't Matt. get it. I didn't get a chance. It's you actually bookmarked next. on my it's phone. I didn't. Very get a good. Strongly recommend the Athletic to subscribe to the Athletic and a special holiday rate. You could read Mike Piazza and Matt DeGeorge. And Dave Zeitlin. <laughs> yeah. Not Kevin Kincaid. No, I'm not I'm not behind the paywall. I gotta do the um you know, the stories about Angelo Cataldi and uh you know what Ben You guys have a paywall though, don't you? For, for, for no, the, it's just for the subs- people. It's just a subscriber option. It's like uh, you don't you don't you can pay like a dollar a month two dollars a month or whatever the hell it is and you don't get the ads, but we didn't we never we don't have enough people to do like exclusive content, so all right, Big Mac, Delaware. Do you think Sugarman has opened the purse strings for Tanner, or is he working with dead roster money? I, I think. No, that, I mean, there's no, there's nothing to suggest that the money's any different, right? I don't think that the. I think there's a range, a little above and a little bit below where they've been at in previous years. Mm-hmm. And if the price is right and the player's right, they'll go above that. If not, I think they're working. They're they're working in the same league of money. They're not going to be Atlanta now. They're not going to have Atlanta money just because it's Ernst Tanner. Right, right. Um, but they'll be in kind of the same same ballpark. Uh, Mike asked, now that the playoffs are single elimination, what percentage chance do you give the um, union of ever hosting a, a playoff game? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. His point is now because it's the top. You have to be a top four seed to host in that first round, yeah. um, and then it's it's always the higher seed. Um, I mean, in theory, they could be a low seed, and then both teams could have the upset. And then you could get like a Philadelphia Flyers, Montreal mm. Canadiens seven versus eight kind of. Yeah, yeah. That. Or you could have a six or seven where yeah, like yeah. 
the South secedes again, and then <laughs> half true. of MLS yeah. leaves. Yeah. The so South does ever, rise I think again. ever hosting a playoff game, ever is a pretty I think long at time. Some yeah. point, I think at some point, they'll host the playoff game. Yeah. When, yeah, if he's not going to put a timeline on it, then we could go to, to infinity and beyond. When my grandkids a, are space guys, our season ticket holders. What else we got in there? Um, MK27, which 2018 um, regular will spend most of next season in the uh, doghouse. <laughs> Who's a regular in 2018? Yeah. Uh, Baxter is offended by that. Yeah, doghouse. Yeah. Uh, we don't use that term, doghouse. I, I don't think Jim Curtin is necessarily one to have doghouses, but if you're going to ask which 2018 regular won't be a regular in 2019, um, I'll go with CJ Sapong. Yeah, yeah, I think it's probably going to come like, from the top yeah. down. You know, I'm also worried about Corey and Fafa kind of maintaining that level and kind of I don't know. Are we expecting a sophomore slump from anybody? From one of the center backs, I think Corey Burke might might regress. Uh, so, uh, I mean, trusty. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I would say I'd expect it from any of them. But I you think, never know. and don't take this the wrong way, but I, I think uh, I'll give you an Eagles comparison. We're going to do a comparison for each team. Uh, don't uh, do flyers, please. We're going to do an Eagles comparison. I think Corey Burke is Josh Adams. Go on. I mean, I think he's just a guy. I mean, I think Corey's got some nice. He is a guy. Some nice, like you know, finishing ability in front of goal. And I think he has more of a nose for a goal than CJ does for sure. Um, he's got more of a killer instinct, I think. Whereas you know, CJ's just doing the, uh, you know, the spiritual stuff that he always does. Not, yeah. not that there's anything wrong with that, but <laughs> but Josh Adams, like to me, Josh Adams is a guy. You know, he went undrafted for a reason. I mean, you could pick up a Wendell Smallwood, a Josh Adams, a uh, you know, late round running back, kind of anywhere, and I, I think Corey Burke is probably like, I think if you put anybody in the position that he was in as a lone striker on a team that's got a decent midfield behind you, I think that a lot of guys could probably end up with eight to ten goals. Counterpoint, Jay Simpson. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he didn't really. I, yeah, I know. I, I, I think I, I also think that part of that idea is that they're not going to depend on him to be the number one guy, and part of it is that with yeah. Sergio Santos coming in. And if you decide to retain David Akam, you don't necessarily need 14 goals in all competitions from Corey. Would Burke. it kind of be a hot take if I told you that Jay Simpson really like he was good? Never really got a chance. He did. I mean, he did. He was the victim of bad luck. I I think that's absolutely true. Yeah, but I don't think that you know in the time in the limited time that he did get some of those those times where he would come in as a sub or whatever, he didn't really do anything with it i feel like there's an incompleteness there yeah but but to that what but if at the, the jay same, simpson story but at the same time a player Corey of the Burke week. got those chances this year and, and he his took mindset and, he took and some strikers yeah. just aren't good from this just aren't good yeah. as subs and Corey burke has that skill set to and maybe it's he's a little bit more of a physical player he's a little bit more of a tenacious player yeah he, he plays yeah. with that edge that he was able to impact the game as a sub, impact. and hopefully, and hopefully, he's <laughs> still able to do that in some role this year. Because what do you mean by impact? Set. What? Yeah. What exactly what, do you mean by that? What do you mean by impact? What do you mean? What do you mean by impact? By can I impact. make a Can I make a quick point about the CJ thing? Because I, I don't, I don't mean. To, I've, I brought this up before, like about how I think he's kind of like a, you know, his like he looks at the world spiritually in a certain way. I, I don't mean to like poo-poo like what he believes or how he goes about his business or anything like that. What what I what I think kind of what the point is is that it's easier like if if you're not like a peaceful spiritual down to earth like trying to find nirvana kind of person the the other way that's one way to motivate yourself and play well is another nirvana not no not the um not the band nirvana okay. but like the f feeling of that you've reached the pinnacle of like being or whatever but that's that's one way to motivate yourself and play well another way to motivate yourself and play well is just being a total asshole you know, being like a nasty, negative, shirt grabbing, like cussing asshole, and and my pro. My, so I think the point is, is that it's very, it's much easier to put yourself in the asshole mindset than it is to put yourself in the like positive spiritual mindset. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I mean, it's very easy for like like for example for writers like for us it's very easy for us to be negative, negadelphia, snarky. Twitter heroes and and you know take a hard line you know asshole stance on some things. It's harder for me to look through the film, identify four plays that Alejandro Bedoya nailed, and write a nice article about him. You know, it's harder. I think it's harder to reach CJ's 
state of mind than it is to reach Carlo Ru- Carlos Ruiz's state of mind. Yeah, I, does that make sense? I to think, you guys? Yeah, I okay. think CJ's wired a little differently. Um, That's an easier way to and say. And I, but I do think that it also for this season and in the past makes him a good teammate. And I think that's it, very true. That, that's yeah, a benefit. It's not going to be like a, there's, there's not going to be any kind of locker room BS. No. Because, and I think that's why, that. I think yeah. that's why someone like Sapong gets the benefit of the doubt from his coach is that he is a hard worker. Yes. He you and, could say he's very coachable. Yeah. If CJ yeah. was, a, if CJ was a malcontent, there's no way that Curtin would have, you know, let's try him on the wing. Let's keep giving him chances. But he is, a, he is a good guy behind the scenes. And I, I think that's helpful for, for them as an organization. Question: Does EJ McGrogan? Does Kevin also hate Christmas? Backstory: Kevin hates Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, on wait, the last wait, wait, podcast. Wait, but that's not. Is that what I said? That's not what I said. You said though, you don't like it. You said you. I was talking about the food, I didn't and, say I hate and you it. mocked me for liking a certain stuffing. certain stuffing. stuffing. Like stuffing is what. But then you it's put just, a poll up, and no. I was vindicated. You it's, haven't had. You yeah, haven't I'm had the just, right stuffing. Yeah, stuffing is great, Matt. I've been disappointed in two. It's a great food. I did that poll. I was disappointed that a lot of people like stuffing. I was also disappointed that a lot of people think my truck is a woman's truck. Like, is any truck really a woman's? <laughs> truck? That's a weird one. Yeah, but I think at the very least, it's a gender neutral truck. That's the 2018 thing to say. All cars gender neutral. <laughs> it's a car, but I, I don't know. I don't. No, mine's blue. It's a boy. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Come on. Well, Thanksgiving. Like I think it. Had, you know, my if you want to call it dislike of the holiday just comes from like I'm not really like into that kind of food. It's not that I like dislike the concept of. So is Christmas food with better? Your family and spending time with your family. Um, what do you guys well, eat in Christmas? What's, what's Ham. Christmas food. Everybody makes. I'm Jewish. Stuff. I don't know. I eat Chinese food. <laughs> what do you guys do? I'm Jewish. I don't know. I'm Italian, so it's it's oh, fish, fish it's yeah. fish and stuff in red sauce, and then occasionally ham. I had one of those. Uh, is it like eight fishes or, or seven fishes? Traditionally, it's seven. But the feast it, of the seven. I had seven fishes, fishes for Christmas. Honestly, Eve it's was pretty, amazing. When I was growing up, it was pretty much throw whatever in the fryer. And I don't know. I guess like ha- I guess like ham and you know um, that that kind of stuff. It's not you know obviously it's not like turkey. I'm pro ham. Like that, but but no, I like Christmas. I don't. You know, I'm not. I'm not a very wouldn't describe myself as a religious person but I'd like the secular idea of doing things for other people and buying <laughs> things for other people and putting other people yeah. before yourself at least for one month I like Christmas year, at, you know? as a Jew empty streets going to the movies <laughs> going to Chinese restaurants Can it's, I tell you it's a great day for like seven years <laughs> in a row at channel three um I like so, so like because I'm not religious I just I don't take like specific I don't ask for specific holidays off so like every uh christian holiday in the newsroom it would be me and like five jewish i used to work christmas at my newspaper yeah and then every like jewish holiday they would all be off and it would be like me and like the (laughs) 10 christian people doing like the news that day but i always just thought it was funny because it was like the running the running joke was like kevin and like the five jewish producers are responsible for the for the news on like kevin and the five jews that's that's the name of the episode kevin Kevin and five jewish producers walk into a bar (laughs) what happens next all right. Speaking of food, Mike says, "Is Sergio Santos an appetizer or the main course?" And then other people got hungry from that tweet. But uh, probably an appetizer, right? I don't think he's the most expensive player they'll bring. I don't in think he's the main season. course. He said, "Ernst said that they think they're going to have another another announcement in January." Yeah. Yeah, I I think January. Yeah, they need I, a lot of players. They're, it's a small roster right now, isn't it? No, actually, it's but they've got more than twenty players under. There's actually not a a lot of Thirty. Well, because they brought back. Uh, the, you got to remember the homegrowns. I mean, they've got a lot of homegrowns. They'll probably sign so. two more homegrowns, right? Uh, I two. would think that I, I would, I could see action on a couple of homegrowns. Yeah. All right. Austin says, "Why does modern rock music suck so hard? Is that Jay Sugarman's fault as well?" Kevin, think, I'll turn think, it to you. I think we've covered that in. Because rock rock music is not like what rock music used to be. Rock music used to be just like you know guitars and uh, you know kind of alternative like abstract thoughts and lyrics and stuff. They came from a time where there wasn't really like computers and less less things musically had been done or accomplished at the time. So I think it was more simple and it was more straightforward. And now I think when you have everything that's been written and everything that's been sung about and everything that's been done over the years. I think people are kind of scraping looking for any kind of little different angles they they can they can do imagine dragons like for example doesn't even really have a lot of like like natural sound in it it's which a lot is of odd because shit. like they're well because their first albums 
Like we're not like that at all. Yeah. No, it was a yeah. lot of it was heavy percussion, yeah. and that's why yeah, they yeah. weren't terrible at the beginning. Right, it wasn't it like was over heavy percussion, and now it's all com- synth and it's computer, all computer stuff. Loops. You know, it's the same with hip hop too. You listen to all these like mumble rap dudes, like Migos or whatever, and it's like and like you know, Tupac and like DMX that. weren't weren't rap. You, you're a mumble rap fan. I like what you just did. Yeah, that's my best. Uh, I don't know any of the actual lyrics for the I think, songs. I or think, you're like, I think Offset is actually taking a break <laughs> from Migos, so Kevin will be in <laughs> in Migos right. now. Yeah. yeah, Matt, the George, Dave yeah. Zeitlin, and Kevin Kincaid are going to talk yes. about Offset on yeah. the soccer podcast. Yeah, Dave's Offset. He's yeah. he's Quavo, and I'm whoever the other guy is. <laughs> Wait, so he brought up Jay. Show know who the other guy. Is. I want to be the one that cheated on uh, Cardi B. Didn't one of them? That's cheat Offset. On Cardi B? Oh, okay. <laughs> Does um Jay Sugarman play music? No, that's him. Oh, that's him. Okay. Does uh, Jay Sugarman is he a musician or is he just friends with Bruce? He, no, he's um he was remember Jay Sugarman was spotted at the Rolling Stones concert. I know he's friends with with Bruce. There's that picture with of Bruce him. Bruce Springsteen. There's, that's yeah. just that's just where rich white. There's a picture with him, well, Bruce Jay Springsteen, and um and um Hugh Jackman. <laughs> and I posted that photo next to a photo of Born him talking to Run. and I said he only hangs out with the, with the coolest guys. <laughs> That was a good tweet. I'm sorry. That was, that was, no, that was a good right. tweet. Yeah, yeah. What's All the right. next question? Mitch Dandianak, most likely to leave. Sapong, Harris, or David Akam? Go, quick. Rapid fire. Sapong. Rapid fire. Sapong. I will say Sapong as well. <laughs> also, who is most likely to get the most playing time? Jones or Matt Real? I'll say Real. Jeez, yeah. I think he might start. I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't know what the midfield roles are going to look this like. Is rapid for fire. Jones. Rapid fire. Jones or Real? Lightning round. Me. Rapid fire. Jones or Real? Don't count out Olivier and Bezo in that race. <laughs> you guys can do lightning round. I'm going to um, play some music here. Let's go. Hit me with some more lightning rounds. More music. All right. The lightning round. Um. EJ McGrogan, I've decided the best big-name European striker available on a free transfer this summer would be Olivier Giroud. Is that say it? Yes. He'll, he'll be 33 in September. Does this seem feasible, or is he too good, too old, not famous enough? You've never seen Olivier I, Giroud I just, before? I know, I know not, him. They, they've already... Let me turn this down. I have no idea how loud they've, this they've is. Already, they've already uh, purchased their strikers. I don't think they're going to go after Olivier Giroud. I could see him coming to MLS, but it won't be in Philadelphia. You guys are doing lightning now. I, I play the, I play okay, the music. Okay, sorry. Uh, lightning round. Tallahassee uh, Union has a few. Over under on Fabinho starting 16 games for the Union next season. Under. under. Way under. Under. Okay. What's your favorite Christmas beer this year? I've been drinking the hell out of this uh, Evil Genius. Uh, it's the Chocolate Hazelnut Imperial Stout. Ooh. It's like a 9.8 or something. I drank a crowler of that. Uh, like three weeks ago after West Virginia lost to Oklahoma State, and I was like yeah, drunk tough as one. shit. Yeah. Enough said. I like Mad Elf, but again, that's a high percentage. Uh, Fat Tire makes a really good winter ale. I found a beer with an elf quote. It said, Santa, I know him, and I bought it, and it was good. That's um, an evil genius, too. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. There you go. Uh, the union moved to a two-forward system. Does Fafa P. Cole have what it takes to be successful up top? Sure. Yeah, is the underneath guy? Absolutely. Last question: Will the Union re-sign Ray Gaddis, or is Tanner going to find an actual quality starting uh, left back? I don't know about Gaddis. So one of the things, one of the first things that Ernst Tanner said when he got here is that uh, I like this roster, but there's no left-footed guys. That would not seem to be an yeah, endorsement for and the Ray Bedoya, Gaddis. The Bedoya quote at the end of the year about we have a right back playing yeah. left back. Yeah, yeah, could and bring Ray same. to back up Keegan Rosenberry. Well, but, but what you was your have... what was your take on that quote, real quick? On the Bedoya quote, yeah. What was I, what was what? How did you parse? I think that quote? I that think nowhere it seemed like from us. Yeah, I think that's Tanner. I think that's Tanner's kind of conversations getting into everyone's thought process, uh, and I think you see it with Sergio Santos. I as good of a year as um, Fafa Pico had on the left wing, you can't have another year where it's like uh, we're gonna drift to the right and then whatever Fafa can create on the left, whatever. I they think were they really lopsided. I think again. they want to be yeah. more systematic about that, and it yeah. starts with. Um, you know, I don't think a comms a natural left footer, but can play with his left foot a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think if you put Santos on the left, move Fafa to the right, get a true left back who can just open up more things, who can get to the byline and cross with his left foot. Mm-hmm. You don't have that right now. And I think that's the task for either Real or 
Uh, I guess Mbezo would be playing out of position there. But Is that how you say it? Because I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Yeah, I think, I think it's yeah. like Eric Ayuk Mbu. Ayuk Pele? Uh, mm. Yeah. Any other? Did you have any other questions there's, in there? Yeah, there's, I a, had lot, one there's f- a lot of questions. Do you yeah. guys, uh, uh, Big Mac says, how many Hallmark Christmas movies have you watched this holiday season? Minus two. Zero, man. Why yeah, you, you guys yeah. are ridiculous. Why don't you like holiday movies? We're just busy, man. What? I wrestle control of the r- remote away. Hang on, let me block Rich so, yeah. Lori here. Fine. Clearly, people who celebrate Christmas don't like Christmas movies. Only the Jewish guy in the podcast likes Christmas movies. Uh, That's not getting you a present this Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra's Bagel Bristow, we, uh, Bistro. We know Tanner is going on a world scouting tour, but what connections is he tapping? Has anyone asked him what clues he is following, pipelines he is checking? His or her pre-existing from the club? Well, I mean, you would think, I think we need Tanner on the line for this I one. I would go yeah. with his connection. I... It, all due respect to the graphic of him flying to Europe, I don't think that he's going to. I mean, you can connect the dots and look at where he, where um, Red Bull Leipzig and, or Red Bull Salzburg has been successful in the past of getting players from. Uh, he's got a lot of really good connections in East Africa. He's got a lot of good connections in Eastern Europe. Um, you know. He's got a lot of good connections, a lot of places that Germany gets players from. Not sure about you, but speaking of East Africa, I'm hoping for a signing from the seventh division Ethiopia. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to do like a bingo of writing about different countries. So um if they get a guy from fourth division Scotland, seventh division Ethiopia, third division Mozambique. And they I've go heard good to things like, about uh, the Botswana second division. Yeah, and if they can get a guy out of the Fiji Premier Premiership, then I think this is a this team is going to the that playoffs. Guy, that Fiji guy holds water. <laughs> All right, a lot of questions about I'll, Sapong and Akam. We <laughs> we uh, wow. already talked wow. about strikers. Yeah, is Bedoya gone as soon as Inter Miami is up and running? They, if they want him, I'm busy from Florida. Should, uh, here's a question for you. Should Jose Mourinho coach L.A. or Atlanta? Or oh. Miami. Or Miami. Or wait for Miami. Ooh. He's got his pick. I, of, I would love to. I, I think MLS. I would love to see Jose Mourinho in MLS. It, yeah. I think he would make Peter Novak look like <laughs> a teddy bear. Zlatan and I mean, both are good jobs, league. right? Galaxy or Atlanta? Tallahassee Union, who I think are the biggest podcast fans out of anybody yeah, uh, like say this. what's your stance on pet owners dressing up their dogs like reindeer in Christmas card pictures anti yeah I, I can I can always speak for myself I would never put Baxter in a my, in a, my uh, dog hates it reindeer. I put her in a shirt the other day and she she like didn't move for like yeah. 10 minutes she's like what is happening the only thing I've put on Baxter ever is a thunder shirt like to calm him down when it like Does that actually work the, the shirts don't work for my dog it seems to yeah it seems to work for him because it just kind of like wraps him up and it makes him feel like I don't know secure or something the only other thing I put on him was a motorhead uh uh bandana but it wasn't like it, he didn't wear it like a bandana like it was just wrapped around his neck. He doesn't he doesn't have his own Kevin Pitt snoggle jersey from March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Kevin Pitt snoggle lately? Dude's like massive. Oh yeah, he gained dude. like 100 pounds and he's a teacher in like the Eastern Panhandle or something like that. <laughs> Great college basketball name. Yeah, yeah. How about speaking of college basketball, how about Oh no. Here we Dave go. Zeitlin, Woo! Penn oh, no. Quakers. Penn Quakers. Going for the Big Five title. Big win over Villanova. He wrote, he wrote a story about it that was very good. And not only was it a good story, but Nobody he typed it. it. Oh. Well, that, that too. But he no. typed it while wearing blue and red pom-poms. Oh, my goodness. Which really got. That was my most read story ever on The Athletic. Was it it really? got the most – it was the highest score, the most uh, subs, the – Everything was the best. So. so what he's saying is Union fans. Yeah. Come on, Union fans. Pick it up. Step it up. My, my highest rated stories on The Athletic have both been about Penn basketball. So so Union fans, subscribe to The Athletic. Well, speaking of Dave's writing, I think he has something that he would like oh, is to, that happening? Are to we announce. Now? Is there no more uh, questions? Well, we're almost an hour in. Yeah, and I'm yeah, Dave is joining The Athletic. No, no, never mind. <laughs> I'm sure Not there's that. a big blog post i got to write for Breaking Carlson news. Broad, yeah. Is it winter transfer news? Um, yeah, I um. I'm taking a full-time job at Penn at the alumni magazine where I'd been freelancing for the last 10 years almost or so. So uh, Wait, wait, did you did you go to Penn? I did. I went to Penn. Oh, I'm not working is, at Penn. My wife is, works at Penn. This is new news <laughs> My to kids me. Go I, I to did the not Penn. know that. So, uh, yeah, um, I will be starting that on January 2nd. Uh, I'll still like to cover some um, union. I'm not sure how much. I won't be down there during a week, 
that'll be Matt and Tannenwald and Tansy. Um, I will try to do some games and maybe keep the podcast going. We're not really sure of the future of the podcast next year. Yeah, right we're now, not. But. We're not entirely sure. Uh, you know, I've I have I'm up to my eyeballs and Sixers and Eagles and stuff like that. Plus, my wife is pregnant. Oh, more breaking news! And we're expecting our first wow. child. <laughs> We expect we're going to have a uh, little baby girl in April. Aww. So Yeah, I know, right? It's exciting. Um, we So I think we're just going to kind of like, well, last year we took a break with the podcast like until they actually did, did something, remember? Yeah, like, we probably. We took a break until like the Econ thing happened. So, I mean, obviously I would like to keep doing it, but if Dave's new job is like way too much and, you know, if I have a newborn in the house and um, all kinds of shit going on, then it's not going to be like super feasible to do a lot of them. But um I mean, we'd be open to like thoughts or ideas that you guys have. Uh, Matt to George, I would love to have as yeah. a co-host for sure. <laughs> Matt, um, you're now in charge of the podcast. All right, I'm gonna. <laughs> We're not gonna put you on the spot, but you have to say right now if you want to be yeah. the new co-host. <laughs> we'll still be based out of Fishtown, so just once a week, I'll stop by at some random hour of the day and uh, yeah. just come in and yeah. start recording. Yes, yeah. Sports Doctor's here for his fifteenth appearance of the podcast. Yes. It's three o'clock in the morning, and he yeah. just got off of work, but yeah. he's gonna head down to Fishtown. Yeah. That's right. To score a podcast. But so, uh, yeah, I mean, we got a lot going on right now. And uh, we're just going to take a little like break like we always do for the winter and then figure it out from here. Obviously, (laughs) Dave and I have a lot of shit going on. So we're going to like just kind of like hit the reset button and see where the hell we are. But um, but no, the podcast, I think we did some good uh, shows this year for sure. Yeah. Um, it's been fun. Yeah. You came in here and did the we did the big thing with uh, with Sebastian and. um, we had a couple other good guests on the show. I think was the you Richter and I, podcast this yeah, year? Yeah, Richter was, was good. Last year? That was yeah, this year, yeah, I think we reached the pinnacle. I don't know if it was this year or last year, but the quick glance of Bork Dochkal was our highest uh, rated true, yes. was our highest rated podcast ever. <laughs> um, and the numbers are pretty good. We had like we, we, we have like people like when we don't do a podcast for a while, we have like people like in our messages saying like, Hey, when are you guys doing another one? So we, we like really appreciate the support, you know. Um, obviously it's just like a peripheral thing with us on the side now because we have so much like, you know, other stuff going on, but, uh, we have like a really loyal listener base, which is much appreciated. It's been nice. I feel like we shouldn't give it up entirely just for that no, reason. But, no, uh, so. and, like, you know, you can, f- even if, even if Dave like does ends up not doing it, like, like consistently next year, I'll f- have to get you in at least like, you know, you can take my name off the logo. If yeah, you I'll just put like I'll put a picture of Baxter up there or something <laughs> instead, you know, with Kevin Kincaid. Is Baxter, Baxter prepared to replace me? Oh god, we've been, groom- we've been grooming like- Baxter for yeah, this yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. This is like when the Beatles like broke. <laughs> this is like when the Beatles broke up. So, uh, Baxter has actually god. been the co-host in waiting. Uh, yeah. that's why he's been he's been patiently waiting for his that turn. Makes, but, that uh, makes Russ- that makes me George Harrison, and I guess that makes Baxter Ringo. Yeah, and uh, somebody's Yoko Ono. We just don't know who yet. Um, but yeah, and, and Russ and, and Phil will, will hop in and we'll keep doing some, some podcasts with those guys. I think, I think guys. Penn is Yoko Ono in this situation. Penn is Yoko Ono. But uh, yeah, for now, that is your season ending uh, or year ending podcast um, for the Philadelphia Union for Baxter. Woof, woof, woof. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Kevin Kincaid, Dave Zeitlin, Matt, thanks for coming in. It's always a pleasure, man. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And we will see you next year. All right, bye.